all we saw were a bunch of suits. Okay? A lot of suits, a lot of people with money. Everybody talking about dispensary, 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 dispensary. I mean, come on. Nothing about patients until Mike got up and finally said to the Department of Health Regulations Committee, hey, uh, did we ask what this is going to cost the patients? Has anybody here, everybody's talking about dispensaries, you know? And, 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 and now, after listening to us, getting up there talking, I myself got up there and talked. It seemed like it, they didn't even listen. Mike, how's it going? This is Grant Smith founder and president of Massachusetts Patients for Home Delivery. I just finished listening to the second part of your two-part interview with Jimmy Miggs, and I thought it was really well done and highlights a serious need in the community, which is that access to low-priced medication, whether it be for homebound patients on Social Security disability, the homeless, or other individuals on a fixed income, is crucial. Currently, dispensaries do not offer more than a 10 to 20% discount for financial hardship purposes, and that is absolutely unacceptable. These companies can do more to offer low-priced medication to fixed-income patients, and they should be doing more. So thank you for bringing attention to the issue, Mike, and uh, keep doing you. Hi, it's Mike Crawford. I want to welcome you to the Young Jerks podcast. We have a special podcast tonight, another special podcast. It's about the patients. It's about the advocates. It's about low income. It's about mothers who are single moms who are paying too much to be registered with the state every 10 months for their child's medicine. It's about the cost of medicine. It's about the limited access in Massachusetts in 2019, years after we've passed medical cannabis, it's about the state abandoning medical patients and the medical cannabis program. We're going to be covering that and a whole lot more over the next coming weeks. We have a lot of things we are looking into from the Department of Revenue, the Massachusetts Department of Revenue, to what's going on at the CCC as well. We are going to be on this. This is our new mission. Medical Cannabis, Massachusetts. We're, tonight, we're going to play a bunch of messages that we've been receiving, voice messages on the recent coverage of our interview with Jimmy Miggs, a homeless person in Salem, Massachusetts, that doesn't have access to the medical cannabis through the medical cannabis program as it was, should have been set up in Massachusetts to help folks like him during an opiate epidemic. But it's not there. And we're covering it tonight with your voices. You can leave your messages through the Anchor app. We want your feedback. We're playing all of the messages messages that we've received in the last 24 hours on these stories. And it's the community. It's the advocates. It's an RN, a registered nurse named Sherry Tutkis from Green Nurse Group. It's other patient and patient advocates like Grant Smith. Most of them have one thing in common, their patients. We're going to hear from them from Massachusetts and, and even some other states. So much going on. We're not going to give up. More weed, less greed. Support the patients, all the patients, not just the rich ones from New York with out-of-state plates. That and more coming up tonight. <laughs> 
Young Jerks special episode. If you want to, follow us on Twitter, at The Young Jerks, and on our Facebook page. Support us, like us, rate us on iTunes, midnightmass.substack.com. Subscribe there as well. There'll be some stories as well there, midnightmass.substack.com. And make sure you follow us everywhere, at The Young Jerks. And if you want to leave a message, you can do so right here on the Anchor app. If you want to leave feedback, if you want to leave a tip, you can do so as well. Michael C underscore 100 at hotmail.com or mjcboston at gmail.com. We're also looking uh, for photographs. If you have any photographs or videos from uh, Massachusetts dispensaries, specifically, we're looking for license plates, out of state license plates, especially if they're BMWs from New York. Send them our way. All right, enough of the programming notes. Here we go with the show, the episode, what you've been waiting for, the voices from the community responding, talking about the high cost of medical cannabis at dispensaries and how everyone else is kicking down for patients except for the dispensaries. And the reason why, too, we want to make sure is we're not blaming every dispensary. We understand the high cost surrender. We're asking the state to step up and change it. Here we go. Young Jerks. Hey, Mike, it's Sherry Tuckus, the Green Nurse from Green Nurse Group and Green Nurse on the Go radio show, Living the Best Life. I just watched and listened to your um, podcast where you interviewed the homeless man in Salem. And um, I, I just have a lot of things I have to say about that. Um, I completely 100% agree that the dispensaries are not serving the homeless, they are not serving the underserved, they are not serving people on social security disability, social security, veterans, low income. Hi Mike, Um, your podcast today regarding dispensaries being too expensive um, is right on target. There are people like this gym and so many of us out here who are on fixed incomes. We need this medication, and it is medicine for us. We can't afford it, and our government needs to do something to change this. It's up to the government. It's up to the dispensaries to find a way to make this medication available to those of us who need to have it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for what you do. Keep on doing what you're doing. It's so well appreciated. Have a great day. Bye. Getting back to what we want to do. We want to create a home care medical model and apply it to home delivery. And I basically said on social equity, it would really help us to work with people in the community that have had that have been impacted by social injustices on many fronts, to have them have the opportunity to create and flourish in this industry based on their passion and purpose of helping people. What we would like as registered nurses, we want to be more involved. Nurses are the most trusted profession for 17 years in a row. We put patients and people first before profits. We've always acted as liaisons between patients in the medical industry in general. And right now what we are doing is we're bridging the gap between what patients aren't getting from traditional medicine and educating them on the endocannabinoid system and how they can obtain the best medicine for their condition. So what do we want to do as nurses? How can we make it more affordable? 
Well, we want the right to broker or to shop on behalf of all of our patients, not just for medical dispensaries, but from any licensed cultivator, be it recreational co-op, or to create a pathway for home growers to have their plants certified, maybe for those who want to donate their plants to sick people who can't afford it. So basically, the bottom line is this. There's a lot of ways that we can make this program better, and I honestly see nurses being the game changers in the industry. You know, the Green Nurse Group right now, we have been asked, our nurses have been asked to write a chapter in the first nursing textbook. Our chapter is Chapter 9, and it's called The Cannabis Nurse Experience. So I really, really hope that this industry embraces nurses and know that we are here to put patients first and we put real care into care plans. Mike, thank you so much for having me on the show. I hope I didn't take up too much time, but as you can tell, I'm on a mission. I'm the green nurse, Sherry Tuckus. Thanks, and remember everyone what it's all about. It's about living the best life. Bye. Hi, my name is Joanna. I'm a cannabis activist with Grassroots Foundation which is now part of Leaf Collaborative. I'm calling today to discuss what it's like to be a hardship patient in Massachusetts. First, you need medical recommendation, which you can't just go to your normal doctor to, to get a recommendation. You have to go to a monopolized company where you have to pay $200 just to get that recommendation for the card. Then once you get your card, you have to wait at least two months to get it in the mail. Once you finally get it in the mail, it's time to go to the dispensary. Well, I'm a financial hardship patient. What that means is that I'm at the low end of poverty and basically living off of less than $400 a month. When I go into a dispensary, I cannot get my medication. What am I going to do if I only have $10 in my pocket? Well, there's absolutely nothing I can do because all the dispensaries do is give a 10% discount. That is absolutely disgusting, especially when in Massachusetts we voted for this bill. We voted for the right for medical marijuana, and we also, in that vote, put in a sliding scale for patients like myself that we could walk into a dispensary and get free or extremely discounted medication for our medical needs. Now, I don't know what other patients are doing. But I'm fortunate enough to get donations from colleagues and other patients in the Massachusetts community. The problem with that is that I don't know when my medicine is coming. I don't know where it's coming from. Has it been tested? And and the most concerning part is, is, is it going to be the right strain for my medical needs? The answer to all that is no. And so because of that, I don't always feel like a safe patient. We need, as a community, to raise our voices and make sure that the CCC and the state hears our cries for a better medical marijuana system. We need change, and we need it implemented now. We need the sliding scale that they promised us in writing when they wrote this bill. If anybody out there is in a similar situation, please use your voice for the greater good so that we can fix all the problems we have in our medical marijuana system. Thank you.
Hey, Mike, it's Peter Bernard. I listened to that interview with Jimmy Miggs, and the one thing that really stuck out for me was how he talks about how cannabis saved his life. Well, I've got a similar story. I got a spinal injury several years back, and I spent five years with doctors stringing me out on opiates, Percocet and morphine mostly. And when I found a surgeon to take most of the pain away, but not all, uh, I still needed pain management. And my only option medically uh, on the normal doctor stuff was keep on taking the opiates. I said no to that and switched over to cannabis. And if it wasn't for that, I would be one of these statistics and not somebody who uh, is leading a productive life. So, yeah, uh, it is an exit drug and not an entrance drug. And when people start to see that, I think it's going to help end the stigma more. Thanks and talk soon. Hello, my name is Johnny Sin. Um, I am a Massachusetts resident of Lowell, and I've been a medical marijuana patient for roughly about two years since it first started. Um, I did have to, unfortunately, let my card lapse because it cost too much money to maintain, and also the pricing at the dispensary is expensive. It is not affordable by any means, whether you have a card or not. So what I believe the Cannabis Control Commission is really doing is ignoring, you know, patients' rights and disrespecting uh, patients by not offering them a means to affordable access to marijuana that may help people like myself. Um, I have kidney disease and I have chronic back pain, um, a lot of which doctors kind of um, shrugged off because I am young, but you know, young people can be um, afflicted with disease as well. So um, I believe that being registered um, as a patient is really costly and is not conducive to, um, you know, relief or um, remedy. I work 40, 50 hours a week and I have a part-time business, but I cannot seem to afford anything else beyond rent and food and basic needs. Um, so it's really hard for me to medicate um, these days uh, simply due to cost. So what I believe the CCC is doing is very well. Um, as you know, government bodies with money are always influenced by money. Hey, Mike, this is Juan Sanchez from Holdu calling in regarding our podcast tonight on The Young Jerks. I really enjoyed the topic on dispensaries not being affordable to homeless and low-income individuals. As a former homeless person, as an avid marijuana user, and as a resident of Holyoke, one of the poorest cities in the Commonwealth, I just want to testify uh, and agree with a lot of what your guest tonight said. It's really inaccessible. Uh, personally, I still go to my local guide. You know, because it's inaccessible, you're talking about $60 for an age, you know, and, uh, and plus, you know, depending on what it is you, you want to pick up at the dispensary. Hey, Mike, my name is Maria. And um, so I think it's awful that the dispensaries are charging this much money. But as well, as a mom who is a caregiver, um, I'm a single mom, 
My son uh, has uh, autism spectrum disorder. He has sensory processing disorder as well as ADHD. And I made a decision about a year ago to take my son off of all his prescription medicines and um, start the cannabis route with him uh, through uh, Sherry Tuckus of the Green Nurse Group, and I've seen Dr. Ruby and Dr. Trong. But what really, really bothers me is the fact that in order to get my son safe, clean medicine that he can take that increases his quality of life and doesn't decrease it like the prescription meds we're doing, I have to pay $200 to each doctor, and not that they're not well worth it because Dr. Ruby is, I, I would pay a million dollars to see Dr. Ruby, and I'm not lying, that man is fantastic at what he does, and I'm very, very grateful he does that, um, that he is a prescribing cannabis uh, doctor for children. Um, but it's really, really disgusting that we have to pay, like, ridiculous prices at the dispensary, but also to maintain our cards, to maintain our status, our MMJ patient status. Um, I, like I said, I have to pay $200 to each doctor, plus I have to pay another $50 for my son's card, plus I have to pay um, for my caregiver card, and then I also have to keep up my own um, obvious mail and MJ card as well. So yeah, that's my two cents. And we should have not we should have um, healthcare should include it for everybody, you know, and it should include cannabis on that because cannabis is the better alternative to all these um, meds. Um, hope that helps. Thanks, Mike. Bye bye. Hi, Mike. It's Sherry Tuckus, the Green Nurse from Green Nurse Group and Green Nurse On The Go Radio Show, Living Your Best Life. Thank you so much for including me in your podcast to speak about medical cannabis patients in Massachusetts. Today, I had the, I had the opportunity to stand amongst my peers in the cannabis industry to voice our concerns on multiple statements that were presented by the Massachusetts Prevention Alliance in their 16-page document. Um, I was extremely embarrassed that this document was written by medical professionals because there was a lot of unsubstantiated recommendations um, that were made by the group of 40 practitioners that do not have a clinical understanding of the endocannabinoid system. Um, Very, very concerning. Um, We particularly disagree with the unsubstantiated recommendation on suspending the licensing of the social equity program. It is definitely not in the best and highest interest of our communities to do this, especially patients, and I'm going to explain why. If all you know about cannabis is that it gets you high, then you know nothing about cannabis. Today, when I stood on the State House steps, I represented three national cannabis nursing associations. The American Cannabis Nurses Association, the Cannabis Nurses Network, and the Green Nurse Group, from which I am the founder. I've also stood there today representing my community in Rockland, Massachusetts, Irie Bliss Wellness, which is a holistic wellness center, and CBD Hempson Teak on the South Shore. I've been a registered nurse for over 30 years, and I'm co-founder of the Green Nurse Group. Basically, I founded the Green Nurse Group when I discovered that I had a clinical endocannabinoid deficiency when I was dying back in 2012. I've been a registered nurse, like I said, for over 30 years, and in 2012, I contracted an illness that almost killed me, 
And I was one of those patients that was on the merry-go-round of polypharmacy with one side effect, one medication after another, one drug interaction, and I became the polypharmacy nightmare patient that they all talk about, as well as my mental health was declining, and I, I say that I was spiraling the drain of despair. So once I figured out that I had cannabis as a tool to work with, and it's an interesting story, it was a nurse colleague friend of mine who had just retired. She was 70 years old, came to my house with a joint and said, Sherry, I'm coming out of the cannabis closet. She says, I'm 70 years old, and I've been smoking cannabis every day since I was 17, and I'm not on any pharmaceuticals, nor have I ever been hospitalized. That's all I needed to hear. And once I got the relief that I needed, I delved into the plant, I delved into the science, I became certified, I learned, I meshed myself and embodied cannabis to the point where I basically, I, I really felt like I have a purpose. You know, this plant has finally come to me in a way to relieve symptoms that nothing else could. Oftentimes when I'm doing my presentations for medical communities, I use myself as an example, as a case study, because I still can't even believe it today. I cannot believe that I'm alive and functioning. Um, so basically, the Green Nurse Group, to get back of it, we're a whole health nonprofit home consulting agency of registered nurses who are also medical cannabis patients. We have all overcome or are overcoming chronic, devastating, debilitating illnesses. And we've come together to teach cannabinoid therapeutics to relieve suffering and improve quality of life. We teach on the safe utilization of cannabis, and we educate on the endocannabinoid system. Hi, this is Donna Hackett. I'm a patient advocate from the state of Rhode Island. I'm also a patient and a caregiver. I've been involved with medical marijuana for 12 years since my diagnosis with breast cancer in 2007. Um, I'm calling about Jimmy, and uh, he's made so many great points, and, and God love you, and I wish you the best, and you, hopefully some point maybe you'll be working in the cannabis industry when, when it's more, uh, you know, uh, open and um, doesn't, uh, I don't there's so many frustrating things right now, I don't even know where to start, I mean, we all had visions of little mom and pops and, uh, you know, little apothecary places, people who have been growing like myself for 12 years. My son's an accomplished grower. And, uh, you know, where I want to get my medicine from is not some um, chicky, uh designed place uh, that is herds you in to get your uh, cannabis. I, I don't want to go to some place that's sterile and reminds me of being a hospital because um, it's quite traumatic being a, a chronically ill person and having to go through so many surgeries and radiation and chemotherapies. So I don't want that either. Um, I think that the problem is right now is that these dispensaries are not really acting as medically as they should be. Someone like him he should be able to get medicine at a sliding scale. Um, or get donated medicine to him. I myself uh, wouldn't be able to afford the many different types of cannabis products I use to treat my multiple conditions if my son didn't grow it for me or if I didn't have access to local growers. Right now I'm not growing, but um, I do have access to local growers. 
the problem is, is that we keep talking about the word community in the cannabis community, and there is a huge lack of it. Um, I myself usually speak at all the conventions, and lately I just haven't had it in my heart. I do this for the heart. Um, I want to make an impact on people to understand that they can use cannabis to get through times like Jimmy's been through. Withdrawals from opioid are very similar to a lot of the pain I went through going through chemo and radiation. So I empathize greatly with um, the pain that somebody goes through withdrawing from opioids. And cannabis is an excellent um, source to, to help with those symptoms. I'm disgusted the state of Rhode Island had an opportunity to use it as a qualifying condition um, to be a patient, and they dropped the ball. The Board of Health in Rhode Island said, you know, they needed more evidence. Well, how do we get more evidence if our dispensaries are acting more like pot shops and their number one priority is to sell wheat, sell wheat, not to treat patients for multiple conditions? or to understand how to best benefit those conditions. If that's not the focus, then how do we get more evidence to teach our uh, Board of Health or our doctors how cannabis is benefiting these people? We have so much work to do, and uh, I mean, like, I need deep in it. I'm always available to help in any way I can. I. I'm so disgusted lately at the the lack of community, and it's it's more about pomp and and like look at us, we're legal instead of getting to the things that everyone said that were were the real. Casey Dufresne calling in from Seattle, Washington. I wanted to take this opportunity to start by thanking Mike for bringing this issue into the light. Uh, he's not the only person to bring it into the light, but I think that he stands on a platform for which the light could shine a little bit brighter than it has in past years. That being said, uh, this is an issue that I've seen arise several times. There's a lot of people in need. Sometimes they just don't have the means. And in the past, I guess, decade, things have changed radically. Uh, now people are given more means, more freedom. Things are decriminalized. People say they're legalized. There's neither here nor there. But honestly, the government saw an incentive so they don't look like an asshole and they get to make a little bit of money off of you. So they let you grow pot. It's all about incentives. There's no real incentive for the general population to give away things that produce money, that gain financial income. But you have to think about it from a different angle. The incentive could be, I don't know, maybe you're an asshole and you just need to sleep better at night. Well, the incentive could be if you make enough headway and you show enough people, then maybe the government will stop and think about it. Start to think, yeah, once again, we don't want to look like the asshole and then finally give some of you fucks tax deductions. Now, wouldn't that be great? But there's an incentive in and of itself. You could pave the way for a tax deduction for a charitable donation. In the meantime, maybe you could talk to your CPA if you have one. If not, go find a CPA and just ask him. I'm sure 9 out of 10 will tell you that there are ways to 
to give donations and use it as advertising. It doesn't matter the means of what you're donating. It's just PR, public relations. So if you need an incentive to take a little bit of your time, a little bit of your money to uh to give back to the community, then there's one. 